You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey church, so good to see you all today. And listen, before I begin my message, I wanna talk about my favorite subject, Elam Leadership College, because our enrollments for 2022 are now open on our website. And if you've ever felt the call of God into ministry to grow more in your knowledge of God, your leadership, your influence, let me encourage you to apply for our full-time internship program. But you know, many times people ask me, does ELC have part-time options? And I'm hugely excited to announce today that as of 2022, we do. We have a part-time study option. And so if you've always wanted to do more, but thought, I don't have the time to devote to full-time study, we have got you covered. We've got some part-time options. And I want you to go check out the website for more information on that. But today, we are continuing our series entitled Unusual. You know, the Bible is full of strange and unusual things. And when I say unusual or unexpected, I don't want you to go thinking that those things are unusual or unexpected to God. They might be strange to our mind, but they're not strange to His. You know, I've heard it said before that for every New Testament doctrine, there is an Old Testament story. You need to understand today that sometimes in these strange, unusual, foreign, hard to understand Old Testament stories, there are seeds of the great truths of the New Testament doctrine, the New Testament covenant that we find ourselves living in. Today, I want to give you one such example. I'm going to be looking at the New Testament doctrine that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And to do so, I'm going to illustrate it using an an unusual Old Testament story. Let's read out about that New Testament doctrine. Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 22. This is what it says. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. At home, you can say amen. Here it is. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Friend, if you are part of the people of God today, we are being built into a temple which houses the very presence of God. Let me take you now to an unusual Old Testament story which shows us what humanity does when it is not being built into a temple. You see, when we're not letting ourselves be built into a temple, we tend to go away and build towers. Genesis 11 verse 1 to 9. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. 
But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. And then the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them there from over all of the earth and they stopped building the city. This is an unusual story. And listen, it's not unusual because humanity are trying to build something to make a name for themselves. Over centuries, humanity has used expensive building projects as a way to make their legacy outlive them. What's unusual about this is God's response to it. In response, God scatters them and he confuses their language. Why is his response so extreme? Well, to answer that question, we need to go back all the way to Genesis 1. Because actually what you find is that Genesis 11 is the culmination of a movement of Scripture that begins with the creation narrative in Genesis 1 and the fall of man. See, in many ways, Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, is like the pinnacle moment in the full narrative. It is the climactic moment in the story of man's rebellion from God. And when we begin to understand this, when we look at the full sweep of the context, instead of the chapter in isolation, what we begin to realize is that this story is just as much about temples as it is about towers. Let me explain. What is a temple? Well, a temple is a place which houses the presence of God. A temple is a place where the human and the divine overlap, coexist. It's a place where the divine and the human dwell together. They were symbols of what God's overarching plan for creation always was. See, God's plan for creation was that it would be a temple, a place where the human and the divine dwell together. That's what the temple imagery is all about. It's all about God's presence dwelling with His people. And when God starts building, if you like, in Genesis 1, when He starts putting together creation, what He is doing is building a temple. It's like He's building a cosmic temple. All of creation, this is the plan, is meant to be a place where God dwells with His people. And within this large-scale temple of all of creation, he builds a smaller-scale temple, and this is Eden. And in Eden, he places man and woman. You see, creation was like a large-scale Eden, and Eden was like a small-scale creation. Now, you might be at home and saying, well, Haley, are you sure? I have never heard in Genesis, God announce himself to humanity and say, behold, I am the great cosmic temple builder. I never hear him refer to Eden as a garden temple. And if you're at home saying those things, well done, you have read Genesis 1 correctly. These things are actually revealed to us when we take into account the full sweep of scripture. And when we look at the creation narrative, the Eden narrative alongside 
inside the tabernacle and the temple. The tabernacle was another place that God would house his presence. You see, in all of those things, we see patterns replicated that tells us that Eden and creation were a temple. I'm gonna give you one example, but there are many. You see, one example is this. All three of these things were designed in what I would call a three-tiered structure. See, God built creation with the seas, the land, and the skies. When he builds his garden temple, he has Eden, then he has the garden, and then he has the middle of the garden in which he places the tree of life. Let me show you. Genesis 2, verse 8 to 9. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he had put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And it says that in the middle of the garden, in the holy of holies of the garden, he put the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, when God gives the plans to build the tabernacle and the temple, we see this three-tiered structure again. We see that he gives plans to organize the temple in three tiers, the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. And it was in the most holy place that the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the very presence of God, was placed. There were three tiers of structure, just like in Eden. There was Eden, the garden, and the middle of the garden, the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place in which there was the tree of life. You see, creation is a temple. The garden of Eden is a temple, and in this garden temple, God places Adam and Eve. Now, you might be saying, well, Hayley, now I'm confused. You've said that we are being built into a temple. You've said that creation is a temple. Now you've said that Eden is a temple. Which one is it? Make up your mind. Well, the the answer is all of them. See, Eden was a temple. Creation one day will be the place where God dwells with his people. It's a temple. And you and I are temples. We are places where the divine comes to live. The Holy Spirit dwells within our hearts. And I actually believe that all of these ideas, all of these truths are seeded in the Genesis account. Because get this, in his garden temple, God places his image. He places Adam and Eve, the image of God. And that word image is actually the Hebrew word that is used to describe carven images, carven idols that were placed in temples to represent the God that the temple was dedicated to. Here's the picture. God doesn't need to put a carven image in his temple because he has already placed living images in his temple. And friend, that is you and me. This is why humanity isn't meant to create carven images of God. It's because God has already made living images and that is what humanity is. Come on, somebody. I'm excited in this room and no one's here. I hope you're excited at home. But unfortunately, humanity fall, don't we? We live in less than what we are called to be. Humanity fall. 
And the result of that fall is that the, the reason that we fall is that we eat. We eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in response to that, sin enters humankind and we fall. I want you to understand that what this meant, what this represented was the idea that man does not want to be built by the cosmic temple builder. We do not want to consent to the plan that he has for us. When we choose to eat the fruit of good, the knowledge of good and evil, essentially what we are saying to God is this. We're saying, God, what you declared good, we declare not good enough. In fact, we would prefer to define our own good, to make our own paradise. Humanity eats the fruit and we fall. See, really when it comes down to it, that choice can be represented by a single statement. The choice to either be the image of God or to try to be God all by ourselves. And the problem is we can't. Try as hard as we want Humanity cannot create a good and perfect world. And the evidence which proves that is all around us. Sickness, war, conflict, famine, none of these things existed in the garden. They are the results of man who has defined, tried to define good all by himself and who ultimately cannot. Because here's the point. Only God has the ability to create a garden paradise such as Eden, but the cost of that paradise is submission to the owner of the garden. And because humanity was not willing to pay that cost, we were banished. This is what it says, Genesis 3, 23 to 24. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken after he had drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So man leaves the garden temple, and what does he go do? He goes and builds a tower. See, this is the culmination of the fall narrative. This is where we circle back round to the Tower of Babel because what we find there is man trying to create his own version of what a good life and a prosperous life looks like. You see, what Babel is, is a false Eden. It is man's attempt to create a garden temple on their own terms. It is man's attempt to create paradise and friend, what ultimately happens to Babel is that it is scattered. And this is where I believe this text comes crashing into our reality. Because how many of us are spending our time building towers when we were meant to be built into temples? How many of us spend time engaging in building projects that friends ultimately are scattered. See, all of us know the discouragement of trying to be part of building something that ultimately is swept away like a sandcastle on the seashore. Because for so many of us, your lived experience is this. 
I have tried to build things into my life. I've tried to build resilience, build relationships, build better decision makings, build careers, but the results of your building has sometimes felt little more than a sandcastle on a seashore. You remember building sandcastles when you were young. You'd go and get the sand, the correct ratio of wet sand to dry sand. You'd level off the ground and spend hours making something, something that ultimately you knew was destined to be scattered, scattered by the tide, scattered by the weather, scattered by someone else on the beach kicking it over. And friend, many of you, your life experiences felt the same. You have tried and endeavored and dug and built to the best of your ability and time and time again, you keep coming up scattered. And I wanna ask you today, is it because you have spent your time engaging in tower building when you were meant to be built into a temple in which God dwells by His Spirit? How do you know? Let me give you some points this morning. Temples are built on relationship with God. Towers are built on a false understanding of God. See, the Tower of Babel was something called a ziggurat. And what a ziggurat was, was like a steeped tower. And on the top was a platform. But that platform on the top was not a temple of worship. No, it had a bed, it had table, and it was laid with food. And the idea was this, a deity or a God would come down from heaven and refresh themselves. Their needs would be met by the people in that city, feeding them and allowing them a place to rest. And once the needs of the deity were appeased, they would bless the city. See, Zagurits were built on a false religious understanding that you need to appease the needs of a God if you are going to win His good pleasure. No wonder God came down and was displeased. That thing was built on a deliberate, willful misunderstanding of who the Creator God is because I need to tell you that He didn't create you to fulfill that which was lacking in Him. You are not here to win His pleasure. You're here because you are His pleasure. See, if you're in this place today and you're saying, man, everything that I build, in the end, it's scattered. Can I ask you, examine your foundations. Are you building on a right understanding of who God is? Or are you building out of some performance-based mentality that you need to meet His needs in order to win His pleasure? Friend, we are not building towers to get His pleasure. We are a temple in which His Spirit comes to live because we are His pleasure. Temples are built on right relationship with God. Secondly, temples are built on God's instructions and by God's empowering. Towers are built on man's knowledge and by man's strength. Exodus 25, God, from that chapter on, God gives extensive instructions on the way to build the tabernacle. And after that, in Exodus 31, it talks about how the spirit of the God empowered the craftsmen who were gonna build it. See, a temple is built on God's instructions and by God's spirit. Towers are the opposite. They're built on man's wisdom and by man's power. And I'm just wondering, Are our tower building projects being built on the ideas and the opinions of man? Because friends, when it comes to your building project, 
What instruction booklet are you reading? Too much worldly wisdom is trying to masquerade as God's word. What are the words that you are building your life on? Is it an Instagram account? Is it the most pointed YouTube call-out channel? It is, is it the New Zealand Herald? Is it stuff? Is it popular opinion? Is it the Western worldview narrative? Is it a philosophical idea or friend? Is it the word of God? Does the word of God carry the most weight in your life? Do we spend as much time ingesting it as we do our favorite media channel? Because the reality is this, what you're giving your time to, you are allowing to shape you. Temples are built on God's instruction and by God's empowering. Third point, temples are built by everyone for everyone. Towers are built by some for some. See, Babel, the Tower of Babel was an attempt to make just the name of the city of Babylon great. Just the name of their family, just the name of their friend group, just the name of people they had commonality or similarity to. Friends, you need to understand that when we build towers, we build something that is innately divisive. The inclusion of some automatically means the exclusion of others because the reason we're building is just to make one name great. One individual's name great. Just one family's name great. Just one location or country's name great. Just one ministry's name great. Just one church's name great. Great friends, if you are building something that only includes some at the exclusion of others, you need to understand today that you are not building a temple. You're building a tower. Because temples, by their very nature, are for all. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Temples are built by everyone, for everyone. My last point today is this. Temples will stand forever. Towers will be scattered. Revelation 21, verse one to three. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven had passed away and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the, say, from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. You see, at the end of the age, when we step into new creation, the reality is that all creation will become God's temple, just like he promised on the first page of Genesis. The temple is forever, but towers will be scattered. And so I ask you one more time, are you being built into a temple or have you been engaged in tower building? 
Are you trying to build things to gain God's pleasure and his acceptance? Are you building on your own understanding and strength? And if you're honest, that's running out. Have you been building something that is inclusive to some, but exclusive to others? Because friend, if the answer to any of those questions is yes, then it is time to kick down the tower that you are building and start again. Because friend, you were not created to build false Edens. You were created to be built into a holy temple in which God dwells by His Spirit. You were created to be built not by immature and lacking hands, but by the all-powerful cosmic temple builder Himself. And friend, as I was preparing this message, I felt the Spirit of the Lord say that there would be an anointing on it for people to start again. Because there are those of you under the sound of my voice who have been engaged in tower building, perhaps out of misguided means, perhaps you started zealous for the Lord, but you've got off track. Perhaps if you're honest, the last few weeks have been a write-off. And friend, you are not too far gone. It is never too late to kick down the tower and to start again. And so if that's you, you're saying, today I need to make the decision to be built again. I need to submit myself to the cosmic temple builder himself. The word of the Lord for you is don't delay to tomorrow what God wants to do today. It is not too late to start again. And so wherever you are in your home, in your car, I don't know where you are, but wherever you are, if that's you, please, I implore you, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a saviour. Today, I give my life to you, holding nothing back. I turn from sin. I follow you. Today, I start again. And if that's you, if you've prayed that prayer, if today is your start a day again moment, then what I'm asking you to do is to marry your faith with your works. Right now, there is a box coming up in the online campus that says, raise your hand. If today is your start again day, click that button. On the Facebook Live, it's gonna say, count me in. If today is your start again moment, click that button, why? It's never too late to start again. And the truth is, if that is you today, the old is past, the new has come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.